All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to jump around with a few verses of Scripture here, and then we're going to jump right over into it. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verse number 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. And we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought, somebody shout every thought, every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and we're ready. Somebody shout, I'm ready. And we're ready to punish all disobedience. You got to punish every level of disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. Look with me now in verse number 12. For we are not bold to class or to compare ourselves with some of those who commend themselves, but when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are without understanding. But we will not boast beyond our measure. That word measure is, is, is literally means it's, it's the, the, the appointed uh, thing that God has appointed you to, to measure out. It's, it's the measurable thing in your life where something can increase. So, so we, we were, not, we're not going to boast beyond our measure, but within the measure of the sphere or the domain which God has apportioned to us, that, that, that place of assignment that God has assigned us to. That's what we're going to, that's what we're going to give entrance to. A measure to reach even as far as you. Verse number 14. For we're not overextending ourselves as if we did not reach to you. For we, we were the first to come to you even as far as you in the gospel of Christ. Not boasting beyond our measure that is in another man's labor. But with the hope that as your faith grows... You will be within our sphere or our domain enlarged even more by you. Somebody shout enlarged. That's what we've been working on. So, so, so as to preach the gospel even to the regions beyond you and not to boast in what has been accomplished in the sphere of another. Now, let me just show you something real quickly. Look with me in Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 19. That was the Apostle Paul there in Corinthian, in the, what we just read in the book of Corinthians. He was talking to the church at Corinth. And in Acts chapter 19 now, you find where Paul has left Corinth. He, left, he has left the city of Corinth, and he's on his way to Ephesus. And this is where I want to pick it up in verse number 8. And he entered the synagogue, and he continued speaking out boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some were becoming hardened and disobedient, this is interesting to me because he's talking to the church. He was in the church talking, and then there were some in the church that became hardened and disobedient, speaking evil of the way before the people. He withdrew from, from them and took away the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. And this took place for two years so that all who lived in Asia, look at the wording here, everybody that lived in Asia. I don't know how big Asia was 2,000 years ago, 
But he kept preaching for two more years that everybody in Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. Verse number 11, God was performing extraordinary miracles. Woo. I heard my wife say God wants to release some miracles. And he was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul so that the handkerchiefs or the aprons were even carried from his body to the sick and diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. Woo, I'm waiting for a first century church to look like that in the 21st century church. Amen. So we've been talking about new outpourings. This is like our eighth message on this in case you're trying to keep track. This will be our eighth and probably last message for real. And we've been talking about greater influence. High five about three people and tell them God wants to expand your world. Come on, God wants to expand your world. Come on, just now look at somebody on the other side and say, you've been living way too small. You've been living way, 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 way too small. Living way too small. I'm going to pray for you. Father, this morning we thank you for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do in this place. Lord, I give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise in advance. Holy Spirit, you're the preacher, the teacher, the revelator, you're the communicator. Lord, you are the revealer. You are the revealer of your own word. You're the revealer of your own truth. Thank you today, Lord, that truth will stick. Thank you, Lord, that truth will stay. Thank you today, Lord, that truth would abide in our hearts. And we thank you and we give you praise for everything that you're doing. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said amen. Amen, amen. God bless you this morning. Thank you. You may be seated. Let me just begin this. I want to back it up just a couple things here. I want to back up to make sure we're on the same page. I mentioned this to you probably actually three or four weeks ago. But how many know that every spirit... Uh, begins to seek expression in the material world because then and only then can those spirits begin to exert their fullest expression and give influence to the good or the bad. That's why every spirit seeks expression in the material world. Any spirit that does not inhabit a body is an outlawed spirit. One of the reasons why Jesus had to come through an earthly body, through, through, through the womb of a woman. One of the reasons why Jesus had to be born of a woman was so that he would not be an outlawed entity. So every spirit, good or bad, seeks expression in the material world in order to express its ultimate intention and its influence in the world. And when that expression becomes sustained, or that expression becomes, in the natural order, materialized, it then begins to shape a climate that ultimately begins to create a culture. Now, if you remember, if you just track with me, remember, a sustained atmosphere creates a climate. A sustained climate creates uh, a stronghold. And a sustained stronghold eventually creates a culture. So, so whatever gets sustained in the realm of the spirit ultimately finds expression through people, and it becomes a culture. Y'all going to make me back this stuff all the way up to like eight weeks ago if you don't say amen, like real quick. So, 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 so we have to understand that if a spirit doesn't find expression in the material world, it stays relegated 
just to the realm of thought. That spirit stays relegated to the realm of theory or philosophy or even feelings. But its desire is to move from something that is intangible to something that is tangible. Its ultimate desire is to move from something that is a concept to something that becomes concrete, something that is fixed, set, and established. That, that's why every spirit wants to inhabit something. And that's why we are the possessors. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Spirit in us as believers finds expression through us into a material world. That's why what, when, when, when you find a, a, a demonically inspired or seduced or, or possessed person, that, that spirit gives expression through that person. If it doesn't have a body to work through, it just stays locked up into the realm of thought, feeling, philosophy, or theory. But once it finds agreement, once that, find, once that spirit finds agreement in the material realm through people, it begins to give its ultimate intention and expressions, good or bad. Right? So, so, so in order for the spirit realm, the spirit realm, the realm that you cannot see, in order for the spirit realm to, to, to come out of the intangible and into the tangible, that spirit realm must find agreement with man. Watch this. Because mankind, mankind, not just, not just men, but mankind is the keeper of the earth. Mankind is the keeper of the earth. Genesis 1.28, God says, I'm going to give you power and authority. I want you to rule. I want you to subdue the earth. I want you to be fruitful and to multiply and subdue, overthrow what's in the earth. Huh? So, 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 so we are the keeper of the earth. Uh, Psalms 115 says, the highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to the children of the sons of men. So, so we are the keeper of the earth. We're not the owner. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, but we are the stewards of the earth. So spirits have to find a body. Spirits have to find a people to express its ultimate intention and desire. So when you have a church, oh, help me, Holy Ghost. I'm going to preach this in a little bit. When you have a church that understands their assignment and their place in a territory, and we begin to walk under the anointing, that's what my wife was talking about. You are anointed with the power of the Holy Ghost. And when you begin to give expression of a heavenly reality that nobody else can see in the spirit realm, but they can see you cast out devils. They can see you raise the sick. They can see you lay hands on people. They can see your witness. They can see your fruit. They can see your evidence that there is a God and there is a heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Let it be done on earth. Like it is in heaven. Amen. So, so, so we begin to understand these things in the way they begin to work for us. So when there's agreement, somebody shout agreement. When there's agreement established with, now I'm on the negative side, when there's agreement established with the powers of the air. Because how many know that, that the Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians that Satan is the God of this world. Little g God. Of this world, watch this, not of the planet world, but of the systems. He's the God of the systems. And so when you begin to understand it, 
He's, he's the prince and the power of the air. So when there's agreement established with the prince of the air or the powers of the air, then a climate gets formed and the, and the spirit of that climate, that climate gets formed and the will of that spirit begins to manifest. Now, I'm going to walk you down a little bit of a journey here because I want to make sure we get it because, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to flip this region upside down. Listen, we ain't playing church. You can play. Listen, if you want to play church, you better find another place to worship because we are after some demonically strongholds. We are after some demonically induced people, and we are here to liberate the captives. Okay? So, so, so when a climate gets established, I've, I've been using the word sustained. When a climate becomes sustained over time, now you have a value system. Now you have a, a philosophy now you have the reasoning of the mind or schools of thought. They begin to get developed like a walled city around the intent of that principalities and power. It becomes like a walled city. And, it, and, and the reason why that walled city gets developed around that thought, that theory, that concept, is so that at that point in time, they begin to put a grip on the territory. And once a stronghold, an enemy of God, has a grip over a territory, good government will not replace it. More people making more money is not going to replace it. Having a nice house and a nice car and being a good Christian is not going to replace it. What's going to replace that stronghold is a governing body of believers who understand their authority not only in that realm, but they understand their authority in this realm. And they begin to exercise the authority or the constitution of the will of God. They begin to exercise that authority into the earth. The church is the only legalized entity on this planet that can disperse darkness. Good people don't move darkness around. Good people don't make darkness go away. Good government don't make darkness go away. You can have you can have the best whatever kind of government, but if it's not spirit-filled, if it doesn't understand the strongholds of a territory, those strongholds will stay confined to that territory and they will stay untouched. But when you get a church that's coming into a region that understands I've been anointed for this day, I've been anointed for the hour in which I live, they begin to walk through that region, they begin to stamp the region with the agreement of God, and they begin to cast out devils. They begin to lay hands on the sick. People begin to get born again. Marriages get restored. Households come into the faith. Children that have been wayward come back to the father's house. Prodigal sons and daughters become to begin to experience the love of the father all over again. I don't know about you, but that's where we're headed. I'm telling you, that's where we're headed. So, 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 so because of all these things, when that climate gets established, sustained over time, these value systems, these philosophies, these schools of thoughts begin to uproot. They begin to uproot because now you've got a sustained climate of a spiritual atmosphere. Because how many you know that we are the product of our culture? Amen. And we tend to accept culture as norm. This is where the church has to understand I'm in the world, but I'm not of it. And until you identify who you are in the earth, 
the earth is always going to identify you. Once you identify your real identity, then the cultures of the world can't put their identity on you. Come on, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Come on, you can be raised in a Babylonian culture, and the whole, the whole providence of Babylon can be bowing down to King Nebuchadnezzar. But when you understand, listen, I'm not a Babylonian. I am a Hebrew. I am a child of the living God. And even though you change my name, you change my garments, you can't change my faith. Even though you make me want to do things, even though you change my diet, you make me eat what y'all eat, but at the bottom line, at the end of the day, I'm not going to bow down to you. I'm not going to worship your gods. And if you throw me in the fire, then throw me in the fire. But I believe that God is able to deliver me from the hands of the fire. Amen. 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 So, so once you begin to understand that, then the world's identity, the culture of the world, don't have a pull on you as a believer. In fact, it ought to just stir things up in you even more to attack the cultures of this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because anything you begin to accept as normal, any attitude, any certain value system or behavior that's not in line with, that's not in line with the will of God, then you're out of line with the will of God. There's no gray area. There's no middle ground. I mean, I mean sometimes church folks... Don't always act saved. <laughs> well, at least I got a little bit of agreement right there. Praise the Lord. Uh, let, me just, let me just pick on it for a minute. This, this is what I do. Um, how many know church folks are saved until they start dating? Hmm? No, if you were saved, before you started dating, you ought to be saved while you're dating. <laughs> I mean, you know, some church folks are saved until they got to do business. Huh? There's no room for, for being unintegrous. You don't have to cheat to get ahead. I mean, you know, some church folks are saved until it comes time for taxes. Yeah? If I keep drilling down, I'll make all y'all leave in a few minutes. You don't cheat on your taxes because you can. Because you can get away with it. Well, it's my money, the government. No, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's like, it's like well, I can, I, I'm dating. I'm in love. I'll go ahead and have premarital sex. Really? I thought you were saved. I check my mic back there. Check it on the mic. One, two. Because if you stay influenced by the culture, the culture's always going to offer you something different. And what the culture offers you will always be something normal to what you've been accustomed to in your old nature. But once you become born again, we read, we've been reading it for weeks. That's why Paul said you got to separate yourselves. First, Second Corinthians chapter 6. you got to come out from among them. What agreement does an unbeliever have with a believer? Sooner or later, there's got to be a separation. So that, And once you have a separation, it's not that you're better than anybody else. It's not that the church is better than anybody else. But that separation begins to create a distinction. 
And what attracts people to God is not your normalcy. What attracts people to God is your distinction. Because when those three Hebrew boys refused to bow, when the whole providence was bowing, can you imagine everybody on their face and they standing up like, well, we ain't doing that. Can you imagine the peer pressure? Can you imagine what they were going through? But here's the thing. When everybody else was bowing, they stood. And at the end of the day, when Nebuchadnezzar went in there, he found out that there was a fourth man in the middle of that fire. You'll find out when you stand against the pressures of the culture, there's always going to be another man standing with you. And he's not going to be like the people that's been around you. He's going to look like the Son of God. And you're going to find out that in the midst of my problem, in the midst of my pain, in the midst of the struggle, there's a fourth man in the middle of my circumstance and he appears to be like the son of the most high God yeah yeah so, so, so God, God uses us to bring expression so that we can expand our influence not only to this region but to the regions beyond us so just because it's become acceptable Behavior in culture doesn't mean it's, it's acceptable behavior in the eyes of God. Am I right about it? Because this is what happens. When you come into agreement with principalities and powers, the God of this world, when you come into agreement, you make, the, you make Satan, you make him, you make him through your agreement become the God of this world. You make him become, he don't, he, he don't have a foothold until he finds an agreement. So every time you agree with the culture, you make him the God over the systems of this world that operates through deception. Yeah? And so, 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 so what happens at that point, just I'm about to get to my point, we'll preach and go home and everybody shout and have some chicken. <laughs> Exercising illegitimate authority. That's what happens when the prince and the powers find agreement. They begin to exercise illegitimate authority over territories. Then what happens is, this is what Isaiah prophesied about in Isaiah chapter 5, verse number 20. What happens is, he says, woe to you when you start calling evil good and good evil. When you begin to substitute darkness for light, and light for darkness, bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. That's what he said. He says, woe to you. Woe to you when you start agreeing with the powers of the air because as long as you don't agree with them, they stay relegated to a theory. They stay relegated to a thought. But once they find a, a, a body to agree with, now they begin to exercise their authority and they begin to muscle through societies and they begin to take over regions and territories. I'm telling you, you're not going to hear this on the Dr. Phil show. This is what I'm trying to help the church understand. We are called to come into territories, put our foot down in the middle of the chaos, put our foot down in the middle of the destruction that's going on, put our foot down over our children, put our foot down over our teenagers and tell the devil, you're not going to have my kids. You're not going to get my teenager. You're not going to take my marriage. You're not going to take my business. I am here under the assignment of the Most High God. And when you know that, when you know that, 
You pull it out of the realm of philosophy and thought and schools of thought and theory, and you begin to manifest it according to the Word of God. Push on somebody and say, we're going to expand our territory. See, I point this out to you because in order, in order for our faith now, this is where we've we got to work our faith. In order for faith to flourish, individuals and churches have to develop a climate. I'm going to, just, I'm going to pick on us because I ain't preaching nowhere else today. We have, to, we, have to, we have to develop a climate that becomes conducive for faith to manifest. Now, I'm just going to pick on us a little bit, just, you know, because some people can come in here and have an off day and don't feel like giving God praise. I get it. I get it. You've just been beat up by the world, and you're taking it. But real Christians know how to come into a corporate setting. And they're not waiting on a song leader to lead their right song. Because a real Holy Ghost-filled church understands that climate is everything. They understand that in climate, things become predictable. And when you get a real Holy Ghost-filled church, they didn't come in here. Listen, you may have had a bad day. You may have had a bad week. You may have been in a bad month. You might be in a bad year. But a real Holy Ghost-filled believer understands when I come up into the house of God, I'm not thinking about what I came through. I'm not thinking about what I'm going through. I'm thinking about where I'm headed to. I'm thinking about how the goodness of God, oh, the goodness of God, he's always been faithful. If I don't remember nothing else, he was with me in my tough times. He was with me in my bad times. He was with me in my struggle. If I don't have no other reason, I'm going to praise him on credit. I'm going to praise him because he's always been good. He was good back then. He'll be good now. I'm just going to work my way through a moment in my life. And that's how you got to have some people that understand the power of a climate. Shame on you if you've been in the church for a number of years and you still won't lift your hands. You still won't open up your mouth. You still won't give him a praise. You are a product of the culture that's defining who you are when you've been called out from among them. Hey, push on somebody. Tell them expand, expand. I'm going to preach in a minute. I'm about to get there. I'm going to preach there in a minute. I'm going to get there. I'm just, going, I'm just trying to help you. See, see, I'm, I'm trying, every, if I said, how many want signs and wonders and miracles, everybody in this building throw their hands up. If I said, what's it going to take to get it? Well, you're going to have to open up your mouth and praise, you sour lemon. You're going to have to quit. You've got to get beyond what you're going through. Because I promise you, if we stuck the mic in everybody's hand in this building, somebody's going through something. And it may not even be your problem. It may not be your trial. But somebody is dealing with something. There ain't a person under the sound of my voice that ain't dealing with something. But that becomes an excuse to your soulless realm. But when you know you got some fire, when you know you got a God that answers by fire, you can't sit there and be still and be quiet when God wants to release signs and wonders and miracles. The climate don't just happen because we showed up. The climate comes because we demand the climate to reveal the powers of God. Amen. Amen. I'm going to preach in a minute. Hang out with me. We, we, we get to the place. We get to that place because we're in a battle with territorial spirits that want to rob of gener a whole generation of spiritual progress and blessings. Territorial spirits. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. That was our opening text. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. My battle ain't with people. Are you kidding me? 
My, ba my battle is not with the Democrats. My battle is not with the Republicans. My battle is not with some jack-legged somebody. My battle is against the spirit that's driving that body to be in agreement with the spirit. And when we learn as a church, listen, because you can't change people. One old guy said years ago, people change, but not much. You can't change people, but God can. So we attack the spirit realm. We attack the principalities and the powers that's given influence to a behavior. That's given influence to a law. That's given influence to ungodly people. All right? So Ephesians 6.12 says, we, we read it, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers of the air. Therefore, watch this, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done everything you know to do, just keep standing. Someone says, well, I don't know what to do. Well, just stand. Don't go to your house. Drop the blinds. Lock the doors and live in a cave. Don't separate or isolate yourself. In fact, Proverbs says, he who isolates himself seeks his own desire. So when you isolate yourself from the body, you are not you 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 are a a well-defined 21st century somebody. Because all all the if you don't get the attention <laughs> Trying to be nice cuz I got a long ways to go and I want I don't want y'all to get mad too quick. We live in a narcissistic society. That that if it ain't about me, I want to throw a tantrum. If it ain't about me, then I'm going to get mad. If it ain't about me, I ain't going to participate. The reason why the church in America is limping, because we tried to make it all about you, and it's never been about you. It's always been about him. So we try to get people plugged in. We want people to serve because we want to make it about your gift, your talent, your measure, your metro. Paul said we're not going to boast in ourselves. We're going to boast in him. We're not going to boast about what we can do. We're going to boast about who he is. And if we can boast about who he is, then what I am will flow out of who he is, and I will become better just because I'm in a relationship with him. But, you know, we got people, you know, not, 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 not y'all. They ain't here today. We got people. We got people that, that, you know, like, what's in it for me? I'll tell you what's in it for you. It's called sacrifice. It's called commitment. It's called showing up when you don't want to show up. It's called putting your hand to the plow and not looking back. It's called burning your plows. Come on, Elisha. You can't just have a mantle drop on you and you expect everything to be right. You're going to have to burn your past. You're going to have to burn your plows. You're going to have to burn your governments. You're going to have to burn everything that's behind you, and you're going to have to press in. Paul said, this one thing I do, I forget what lies behind me, and I press in. I press in. I press into a better day. I press into a greater call. Because if you want to influence the region and even beyond us, you got to drop the me card. <laughs> Woo, he said, having done all you know to do, stand. That word stand is the, is the, uh, the Greek word histemi. Histemi. H-I-S-T-E-M-I. It means to cause or to make to be set. Or place to make firm, fixed, or established. It's the concept of one 
who does not hesitate or waver. It means someone who knows how to hold their place. It's the concept of somebody who knows how to hold their position. Because I'm not serving God out of my feelings. Because I'm working on my feelings. I'm working on my mind. I'm working on my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions. I'm not serving God out of my feelings. Nothing wrong with having feelings. God gave us our feelings. How many know that? I don't know if you know this or not, but I don't want to ask you this because you wouldn't be honest anyway. <laughs> but but you, ever, you, ever, you ever had an anger problem? Don't raise your hand. Just, just, that's all right. I'm not looking. Listen, your anger problem, your, 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 your temper, let me put that word in there, your temper. God's not going to take your temper from you. He gave it to you. Because if you didn't have a temper, you didn't know where that line would be when the devil came pushing on you. If you didn't have a temper, you just keep backing up, just keep backing up. You just keep letting the devil push you back. Next thing you know, you way down here in a corner somewhere all, all by yourself. But when you got a temper... You look back at the devil and say, uh-uh, uh-uh, you booger. This is the last time you push me. This is the last time I back up. And so what God does, he don't take our temper from us. He baptizes our temper. We are to tame our temper. We bring our temper into subjection. That's, that's what he told Adam. He said, Adam, I'm going to put you in the garden. In that garden there are the beasts of the field. It's the be- There's some beast in your soul. It's the beast of the field that's in your soul. And I'm going to put those beasts of the field in your soul. But I'm not going to take them out of you. you got to domesticate them. you got to bring them into subjection. Because if you can break a wild horse, that horse will work for you. Woo! If you can put a muzzle on an ox and put a yoke on an ox, that ox will plow more for you than you can do by yourself. But you got to know the line. you got to know I was made like this. begin to push back on the powers of hell. I'm telling you, if you don't ever get an attitude against the enemy that's working against you, you're part of the problem, Christian. You're part of the problem. You, you're part of the problem that's going in America because you just take it on and say, well, it must be the Lord's will. Who said it must be the Lord's will when you have authority to push back? Then <laughs> I guess that's the way the Lord wanted it. Really? Jesus said, I've come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. It's the devil that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So he said, you got to stand. You got you to stay in place. You got to stay in that area, that place. That area. You got to stay in the realm of the spirit where victory has already been achieved. In the realm of the spirit, victory has already been achieved. Achieved, And if you follow the narrative that we read in Ephesians chapter 6 about wrestling not against flesh and blood, you follow the narrative, you find out that Paul begins to talk about the armor of God. So you got to stay in the armor of God where there's protection. You stay in, it's like, it's like an umbrella. Like if it was storming outside, you walk out there with an umbrella, how many know that you're under the protection? The umbrella, just because you got it up, don't mean the rain's going to stop. It just means you ain't going to get wet. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, so he said you got to stay under the hand of God. 
stay under the armor of God, stay under the protection of God. And how you, you just keep standing. Well, it don't make sense. I keep standing. I can't figure it out. Well, I'm just going to keep standing. That's what happened to Abraham in, in, in Romans chapter 4. The Bible says he wavered not at the promises of God. In fact, the Bible says in respect to the promises of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but he grew strong in his faith. In, in the time of waiting, he was being enlarged in his faith because he was fully persuaded that he who promised was faithful to complete it. Amen. So, so we, we begin to stand in the midst of all that. And the way, So the way you deal, I'm about to get to my point here because it's time to go. The way you deal with a generational spirit is you have to have this ongoing, not sporadic, not praising when you feel like it. Not read your Bible when you feel spiritual. I'm, 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 this is going to be a major confession right here. I never feel spiritual doing my devotions. The last thing I want to do is read my spirit. Now, I know some of y'all way more spiritual than me. You can't wait to get up and jump on it. I'm like, I do it out of discipline. I do it out of habit. I do it out of, out of, out of the understanding that what I'm feeding now is starving my soul. Because the first thing I do is click on the news. First thing I do is I jump on TikTok, <laughs> Facebook. Here we go again. Y'all shouldn't, shouldn't have acted like that. I wouldn't have said it. First thing, how many, how many would you, first thing you do when you get up in the morning, pull up Facebook. You're going to read all that before you read the word? Well, I don't have time. Well, you had 20 minutes on Facebook. All we want signs and wonders and miracles, well, we better pay the price to get them here. Because <laughs> we, we got to stand. we got to stand so, so that we can produce a spiritual climate through faith that makes signs and wonders, breakthroughs, however you want to call it, revival, outpourings, the movements of God accessible. Okay? Just a few more things here because it, we're going to go. I'm, I'm going to get you out of here early. Make myself laugh. <laughs> no, I really am, because we got a long day with everybody that's going to be here. So, so Jesus came to build a belonging people, right? He, became, he, he came to this earth to build a belonging people that would function in their faith. It's called the ecclesia. Because no other, other entity on the planet can function by faith like the church. Okay? So, so, so when you don't understand the culture of a thing, then that thing becomes difficult to flow with it. Jesus came to establish a culture of faith among his people so that we could flow with it. Because once you understand the culture of a thing, that's the way you do it. I remember years ago, Je Jeff Davis, we, we, we traveled all over Poland. We, I mean, we, they, they put us on trains and sent us. We didn't have no idea where we were going because you can't read nothing over there because everything's in Polish. And it's just Jeff and I. We didn't have no interpreter. We didn't have no pastor with us. They sent us about four or five different cities by train. So Jeff, Jeff this is where we stopped. I don't know. Kulemoshika. <laughs> I mean, it's like reading in Polish is like speaking in tongues. It's got to be a language of the tongues. And so, so while we were in Poland, we found out that, that things are different in Poland than they are here in the United States. The culture's different. It doesn't matter if you drive on the right-hand side of the road all day long in America. When you get over there, that ain't their culture. You're going to get on the left-hand side of the road. And then... 
the test of all tests, back then, Pastor Paul said, hey, I want y'all to take my car from the church to the house. And this wasn't like just around the block. This was through the city. I said, Jeff, you got to drive. Jeff said, I ain't driving. <laughs> I ain't driving. <laughs> Jeff said, I killed somebody. I ain't driving. I go, oh, so you want the preacher to kill somebody. You're supposed to be the right-hand armor bearer. You're supposed to take the brunt of it here. Jeff said, I ain't driving that thing. <laughs> so I got behind the wheel of a, of a steering wheel that's sitting on the other side. And we're driving on the other side. <laughs> you, know, you know when you come to a stop sign, the first thing you do, you look right? Well, people that know how to drive, when you come to a stop sign, you look right. Then you look left. They taught you this in driving school if you're over 40. And then you look right again. Right? Well, in Poland, it's the opposite. Well, when you used to look into the right, when you pull up to a stop sign, you're supposed to look left. Then look right, then look left. Well, I'm used to driving over here. And over there, in their cities, in their main cities, they, they got these crosswalks. And it don't matter if you're doing 50 miles an hour. When somebody steps off the sidewalk into the street, they have the exact right-of-way, and you have to stop. I told Jeff, I said, Jeff, you worried about killing somebody? I bet you I'm about to kill somebody. I bet you. And I said, this, this, I, I, we were white knuckle. I said, Jeff, just you look for people crossing. I'm going to keep my eyes right here. And when you see somebody crossing, you just holler at me, and I'm going to hit the brakes. And we were going through the town going, Erk! Because it's different. The culture is different. And no matter how bad I wanted to drive on the right side, their culture would not lend that to me. Their money is different. They have the, the Zlates. That's their currency, Zlates. It, it's different. It's not the dollar. It's Zlate. Their food diet is different. No matter how much you want a McDonald's cheeseburger, you got to eat their food, which is actually better. Because the culture is different. What I'm trying to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, when you get a kingdom culture established in a place of corporate gathering, it don't matter what the world's culture is. It don't matter what the pull of the world's culture is. We are operating under the kingdom culture, and we can manifest the things of God because we are cooperating with the assignment of heaven. No. Amen. That means when you walk out of here and you go to your job on Mondays, you may have left a corporate setting, but you did not lose the corporate anointing. That anointing is in you. You walk on your job, them guys want to tell some dirty jokes, you say, uh-uh. My time, my spirit is too valuable to me to let your garbage run up into my ears and then get into my psyche and deliver my soul. Amen. So, so, so you got to learn how to be in the world, but not of it. Right? That's how we create influence. I, I'm, I'm going to quit right here, for real. I, I am. I'm, I'm going to get you out of here. See, the, um, when you come into the kingdom of God, I'm not finished, but I'm going to quit. The kingdom don't function according to the rule of man. It don't function according to the dictates of this world. See, that's why you can be in the kingdom of God spiritually, but be in the physical world physically. And there can be a drought in the physical world, but you not be in a drought. 
The economy in a physical world can be affected, but not your income. I'm trying to tell you what I know. I don't, I don't care if the whole world goes broke. I don't care if every plague in our nation hits the world. It ain't going to come to Goshen. It ain't going to come where the children of, of God are hanging out. I'm ta- I was talking to a pastor the other day, and he, he was talking about the pandemic and churches not you know, gathering and all that kind of craziness. I said, you know what? I said, I just believe this. I said, we're, 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 everybody's prone to get whatever. I, I get it, you know. I mean, we got babies that get sick, get fever, get headaches, get, get colds, get flu, whatever. I said, we don't stop church over that. Come on, if you run, you've got green stuff coming out, you know, stay home. You ain't going to bother me. Huh? But we ain't going to stop church. So we got a pandemic with a 99.8% curable rate apart from anything. And we're going to shut the churches down. You know what? You're giving in to the dictates of a world that wants to silence the movement of God in the earth. And the church is the last standing entity that says to the devil, you're not coming into my territory and having a takeover as long as we got a praise in our body. As long as we got a praise in our mouth. We are going to fight for what we believe in. We're going to stand against the schemes, schemata, the schemes, the schemes of the devil. Stand against it, okay? So, so, so we, don't, we, we don't function like the world because it has its own culture. And, and so, how many know that faith has its own culture? And, and it is my responsibility and leadership's responsibility to create a climate of faith. So you have to create a climate of faith among God's people so that things can be released. That's why part the, the purpose of preaching is to go against the indoctrination of a worldly system. So when you show me people that say, oh, I love God, you know, I can serve God in my own house. No, you're just a weak, anemic believer. You might be on your way to heaven, but you ain't going to make no difference on this planet. And Jesus didn't come to save you for heaven because if that was his only agenda, he'd have killed you the day you got saved. But he he empowered us to have a takeover. He empowered us to walk through cities and regions where, like in in Peter's day, that that even, even the shadow would walk by people. Eat the, the shadow. You see my shadow right there? You could lay, lay a bunch of sick people on it. And Peter's shadow would walk by. And then the people whose God was under his shadow, there was so much anointing in the realm of the spirit that was on inside his life was in his shadow that even his shadow was causing sick people to be healed. Paul said, I'm going to give you power so you can go to the regions, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. That's why he came. That's why he came, so we can liberate a fallen mankind. You don't liberate mankind with being in agreement with the doctrines of devils. All right? So, so, so when churches don't have a faith culture, this is where I'm, this is where I'm quitting. I, I get like four, right? When churches don't have a faith culture, it produces tired, weak, anemic, barely getting along, can't wait to get out of here kind of saints. Because ain't nothing happening anyway. Just can't wait to get out of here. Because you know what? What I want to do is more important than what God wants to do through me. Y'all missed a good spot right there to say amen. Because I mean, the reason why we always want to hurry the things of God is because of what we want to do. I can't wait to get out of here because of what I want to do. Huh? But has it ever occurred to you that maybe, just maybe, God wants to do something in our corporate gatherings that's beyond you by yourself. That's going to take a corporate anointing, pulling together. Amen. So when churches don't have a faith culture, it produces these 
weak, anemic, tired, just, oh, God, I just, uh, just want to go back home to my cave. I just want to get back into my darkness. Let me know that Jesus is not coming to be a king. He's a king that's coming. Amen. So it's not a belief that's just out there. It's a belief that has evidence. Hebrews 11, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things that are not yet seen. So my belief has evidence. It's a belief that says, come on, Elijah, I hear the sound of an abundance. I know we're in a drought, but I hear something beyond the drought. It's a belief system that connects you. That's your faith. How many you know that your faith is not carnal? Your faith is not soulish. Your faith is spirit. We have, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, we have the same spirit of faith. Or 4.13, wherever it is, 2 Corinthians 4 something. We have the same spirit of faith. We believe, therefore we say something. Come on, y'all shout me down while I go. I'm trying to tell you how to create a climate. So, so, so we release faith. Not because we don't have it. We release faith because we do have it. God has dealt unto every man, woman, person a measure of faith. So, so you can't come in here as a believer and say, I don't have faith. You got faith. The problem is you're letting your soulish realm dictate to your spirit realm what you need to do. Well, I just don't feel like it. Your faith has nothing to do with your feelings. Oh. Your faith has nothing to do with your emotions. Listen, I, I, and I know you have to, I have learned how to praise God when my emotions didn't feel like it. I've had to learn how to stand on the word of God when my emotions didn't feel like it. I've had to learn to discipline my body when my emotions didn't feel like it. I've had to learn to speak scripture against the powers of hell when my emotions didn't feel like it. You can have emotions, but you cannot be controlled by your emotions because if you do, then you're living in a solical realm. Then you have a wishy-washy people. You have a wishy-washy church. You have an up-and-down church. You have people that, well, I just, yeah, let's just say, well, I feel good today. I'm going to praise him. Well, you ain't nothing but a carnal saint because next week you may not feel good. Losing all my amens because it's all most time, right? I'm telling you, we are on a quest to be enlarged so that the powers of God can manifest. If it don't start in the church house, it won't be in your house. The reason why there's structure, order, government, and authority is so that you don't become your own God. How many know that everything in the spirit realm is already a done deal? It's already an established fact. When people get healed, God didn't just heal them. God healed them 2,000 years ago. We just access a realm that was already made available through our faith. We just moved into a realm that was already possible. <laughs> Have you know that when you get born again, when people get born again, Jesus don't go back to the cross. Well, let me die. Let me die. Let me die for them real quick. No, he died once 
for all mankind. One Adam sinned and brought destruction, but the last Adam brought eternal life and victory and breakthrough. Okay, all right, so air conditioning is blowing good up here. So, so here's, here's what we're going to do. Come on, Pastor Porter, you might as well come on. Let me just, let me, let me, let me get everybody ready to go here. So, so somebody say, change the climate. Change the climate. See, 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 this will be on the screen for you if you're taking notes. I skipped a lot, guys, so just maybe find it. When a church marries the prevailing mentalities of that area, its influence is weakened, and there's no deliverance for the land. Y'all see that? That's powerful right there. Somebody ought to tweet that twice. I'm telling you. That's why the church has to be distinct. We can't look like the land we're called out of. All right. So here's how this works. Somebody say climate control. Climate control must precede climate change. Until you control the climate, you have no bearing on how to fix it. And it all starts with online. You remember the story, Matthew, you won't turn it there, but when Jesus was on his way to, uh, to heal an official's daughter, he was on his way there, and this is where the story with the woman with the issue of blood, but I'm not going with her, I'm going with it, when he was on his way to heal this daughter. Well, you know what, it's going to be better. Let, can you just look at it real quick? Is that okay? I, I know, just give me five minutes, please, and, and I want to I wanna show you something here, because you've you got to catch this point, because it's going to make all the sense in the world. Matthew 9, let me just show it to you real quick. Ma- Matthew chapter 9, and I'm just going to pick up the verse in number 18. And while he was saying these things, a synagogue official came and bowed down before him and said, my daughter has just died. Now, you can't get no worse than that, right? She ain't struggling. She ain't suffering. She's dead. But come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. Jesus got up and began to follow him, and so did the disciples. And then you get into a few verses there. That's when you find the, the, the woman who was suffering for 12 years. She came out of the crowd and touched the hem of his garment. I want to pick up verse number 23. And when Jesus came into the official's house, he saw, watch this now, he saw the flute players, he saw the crowd in noisy disorder. He saw everybody around what was dead in chaos. And he said, leave her. For the girl, watch this. He's walking into a climate of death. He walks in there and he says, leave. He's talking to all the flute players, all the mourners. Y'all get up out of here. Go on. Get up out of here. This girl has not died. She's asleep. And look, look what they did. They began laughing at him. Until you can take the critics of worldly affairs... You don't qualify to release miracles until you're ready to take it on the chin. All right, and and let's just, just, but when the crowd had been sent out, watch this, the crowd didn't leave. He sent them out. He sent them out. He entered and took her by the hand, and the girl got up. Just last thing right here. In order for the climate, To be conducive for a miracle, you have to deal with the doubters in your life. You got to deal with the mockers in your life. You got to deal with the unbelieving attitudes against your life. Healing. This is Jesus, the Son of the Most High God. Healings could not enter the room 
until he changed the climate. That's good. That's good. Come on, Pastor. Come on. Healing could not manifest until everybody in there got out. Because your climate is affecting heaven's will. Oh, my Lord. And Jesus was very decisive about it. Somebody said, he's just a God of love. I want to tell you, he's also a God of wrath. He's a, he's a, he, Jesus is, is Jesus, we ought to, he, he, he's a worshiping Savior, but he's a warring Savior too. All right? So, 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 so Jesus was really decisive about this because the climate was disorderly. And he's the God that operates in order, not chaos. He knew what most church people don't get most of the time. I'm not saying you, I'm just talking about the church in general. He knew he couldn't call something asleep if everyone else in the room was calling it death. So he steps in and said, all y'all crazy folks, get up out of here. Because this girl... It's not dead. She's sleeping. And they laughed at him. I'll tell you something. When we started this church 30 years ago, we were the laughing stock of this community. There ain't nobody laughing now. Ain't nobody laughing now. But you know what? We had to pay the price. So you know what we did? We just kept preaching. We kept worshiping. We kept laying hands on the sick. So this is what I'm going to give you right here. Climate control determines who or what gets dismissed. The mourners were playing the music, making the scene, and they were paid to be there. Back in those days, you paid mourners to come and cry. <laughs> in other words, they had no emotional tie or investment to the family. According to custom, paid mourners were professional weepers. They were there for a job. Jesus forced them out, not because... They cared, but because they were getting paid. Y'all missing the point right here. There are people in your life who's made a profession out of celebrating your pain. They made a profession out of celebrating your darkness. How many people would be out of a job if you got free? This will be on the screen. Make sure you don't have people in your life that's profiting from your pain. Because you can't create a climate of breakthrough if you keep nurturing that attitude. Amen. Don't let people fill the room of your life with mourning, chaos, and the spirit of defeat, death. This is the last thing I'm going to give you, and then we're going to stand. Many times, this will be on the screen, many times God would rather you deal with the pain of their absence instead of the consequences of their presence. I don't know how y'all feel about it, but my joy is way too priceless than to hang around a bunch of don't-want-to-do-nothing kind of saints. I'm going to protect my joy level. Listen, I'll eat a hamburger with anybody, but I just want you to know your climate ain't getting in my climate. Yeah. Yeah. 
and, and, and just because you're going through something don't mean that I don't have sympathy for that, don't mean I don't have empathy for that. I can get with you, but I can get with you in prayer, but I'm not going to get in your agreement. I'm going to agree with heaven over your life, and I'm going to pull you up out of a something. See, and, and, and the longer you facilitate or foster that climate in your life, well, guess what? You stay depressed, you stay mad, and watch this. Most believers stay sick. You stay sick all the time because you are fostering, you're, 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 you're nurturing a wrong climate in your soul that's, that's put a grip on your life and it's holding you down from moving forward and having a greater influence. That's why Jesus had to clear the room. You know what? I'm not saying this is going to happen, and I'm not saying for us especially, but what if he has to come and visit the planet with a move of God and clear the room? Maybe he's got to get all the doubters, haters, scoffers out of the way. Maybe he's got to get all the people who are profiting from our pain out of the way so that he can lay hands on something that everybody else is calling dead. He said, no, that's just a temporary mild setback, but I'm about to raise her up to new life. Can I tell you, God wants to bring dead things back to life, but we got to get the climate right. Come on, if you believe that, jump up on your feet and give God a shout. Come on, just give him a shout. Come on, just give him a shout. Come on, I I dare you to praise him like you knew he was about to show up in your world. I dare you to lift your voice like a trumpet and give him a praise. Give him a praise. Give him a praise like something is about to shift over your world. some of them in here to the building just begin to walk them around on campus because it's hard to explain to something all the time visual effect can be a little bit more powerful so we begin to walk them through the campus through the church right around campus I said right over here it's going to be a new sanctuary right? they said where at so we went, went out there said right here right here where those lights are it's going to be a brand new sanctuary right there and he said to me he says you really believe that don't you I said with every fiber of my being fiber of my being. This ain't wishful thinking. This is something we're going to do. That's right. That's right. And I said, you see this spot right here between this building and that, that, that school building down there? I said, we've done added on to that skill, school building as much as we can. We put wings on it about a year and a half ago, two years ago. We can't add no more, so we, we put portables on the property. We, 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 got, we got license to put four portables, and we got three. One's on its way right now, and they're paid for. <laughs> paid for. Paid for totally paid for and I said that school building will be paid for in about 12, 13 months 14 months, whatever it is, somewhere it's going to be paid for, I said so between this building and that school building this is Dr. Carroll Clyde Johnson, school board, we were all talking and said we're going to build a school building minimum it's going to be two story high we may try to stretch the boundary and make it three story high, we don't know 
He said, really? You're going to, in this, in this, in this little town? I go, we're not thinking small. We're thinking big. We're thinking like the harvest is ready to be picked. Telling you. Telling you. If you read in our text, we're not living in a small world. The small world, that's the, that's the message translation. The, the small world that you feel, it's not because you were fenced in, it's because you're thinking small. So I said, no, we're not thinking small. I said, then this building here, we're going to turn it over to youth and children. He said, you're going to take all the lights and sound system. I said, oh, no. We're going to have state-of-the-art for youth and children right here. Yeah. And, and watch this. Watch this. I'm just sharing a little bit, but I'm just, because I, I can feel it. Not that they were being ugly at all, but I could feel like, how are you going to pay for all that? Because unless you work in that realm, you don't, I mean, that, you're talking millions of dollars. I go the same way. We paid for it up to this point. We don't have a church full of 20 or 30 millionaires. We just have faithful people that know how to show up, that know how to keep putting the pressure on the powers of the air. We didn't get here because we didn't have faith. We didn't get here because we were just trying to pray church. We got here because we were assigned to this territory to disrupt the powers of hell. So if he was faithful back then, he's going to be faithful now. Come on and give him praise. Woohoo! Come on, just begin to praise him over your life. Begin to thank God. Begin to thank God. Thank you, Lord. Come down. Hey. 
that's our prayer and that's our cry. That's our position. That's our stand today. We take stand. Having done all we know to do, we stand in our place, in our position, so that the regions around us and the regions beyond us will experience the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, there's a new outpouring. There's, a, there's an enlargement that's taking place. But even in the days of Paul, he just kept preaching. He kept persuading. He kept reasoning of the mind. He kept going against the schools of thought until everybody in the whole providence, until everybody in Asia, until everybody on a continent heard the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, we will not be satisfied until our entire city, until our entire region experiences the outpouring of the power of God and miracles and signs and wonders and extra power, extra miracles, extra working, extra manifestations begin to be revealed. Lord, we thank you for that today. Let us speak over your people this morning. I bind the powers of hell. I bind their thoughts. I bind the lukewarm spirit that tries to mold them to the world. I bind the confines of the enemy's arguments against them today. And I say to them, they are not who the enemy says they are. They will not be what the enemy calls them to be. Lord, I speak over this church. We are not what the devil predicted us to be. We will not just be a little corner something. But, Lord, we will be a lighthouse to many. We will be an earth-shaking movement, radical, revival center where the powers of God are manifested. Lord, we give you praise. Come on, I need some help. Get your faith out there. Lord, we give you glory. We call the will of God. We call the will of God to be done over every home, over every life, in Jesus' name. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Well, if you believe that, just lift your voice one more time. Come on if you believe it. give God praise right there. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Amen. We're going to turn our region upside down. Hallelujah. Powers of hell are going to be shaken. liberating message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is coming to set men and women free. Satan will not have his hold over people's lives as long as we're in the territory. Amen. Lord, I bless your people today. Cause them to be blessed. 
prosper. Lord, according to your word, let everything that their hands touch cause it to increase and multiply. Bless them in the city. Bless them in the country. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for new outpourings. Thank you, Lord, that we are being enlarged. We're being enlarged for influence. Increase is happening all around us. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody together said amen. Amen, amen. Come on, love on somebody real good. If you're going to be there for the growth track, we're going to be getting started in about 10 minutes here. We're going to be making that happen. We've got some guys that's going to be breaking these chairs down. So if you could help us, it would be a real quick thing. We're going to make it happen today in Jesus' name. God bless you. We love you.